Welcome back to Life Lanes, Brotherly Guide. We're your hosts, Justin and Don Mazza. On today's episode, we're taking a little different spin on the podcast. We are talking about the current El Salvador president, Naeem Bukele. He recently won the re-election of 2024 in February, so this is brand new stuff. Uh, this is pretty unique to a specific reason that we'll get into later. But, you know, we're going to discuss his rise to power, his stance on crime, and how his influence might influence other nations to follow suit. Uh, we're going to get into a bunch more topics as well. So let's first introduce who Naib Bukele is. So, you know, he's a young guy. He's from El Salvador. He started off as the mayor of a small town from 2012 to 2015 called Nuevo Cuscalan. You know, at that time, he was 30 years old. Uh, he rapidly improved the town on education by enacting a plan to remove illiteracy. He also aimed to reduce homicide rate with some sources saying that he only saw one homicide in his three years as mayor. Uh, at the end of 2012, the town opened its first 24-hour medical clinic. And then there was also a multi-million dollar water project to make drinking water available for 24 hours a day. And prior to him getting an office, it was only on for three hours a day. So he was kind of a big deal in this small town. Uh, he was this young guy. He did consulting prior to it as well. And he really pioneered using YouTube as a platform to promote his message. He has like a huge YouTube channel, huge Twitter presence. Uh, so he gained a lot of notoriety for how he conducted business in the small town, basically. Fast forward, he then decided to run for mayor of San Salvador, which is the capital. And in El Salvador, the mayoral terms as well as the presidential terms are three years. And that'll come back as well. So now we're 2015 to 2018. So he wins the mayoral race of 2015. He took a similar approach to San Salvador as he did with Nuevo Cuscalan. Um, while he's the mayor, San Salvador was going really well. You know, everything kind of was going according to plan. However, the country homicide rates uh, more than doubled. They think it was due to a failing truce between two major gangs, but they're not sure why the homicide rates doubled. But at this point, they were seeing 103 per 100,000 homicides per day which ranked as the number one in the world at that time. Incarceration also jumped up for, uh, to 579 per 100,000, which ranked third in the world behind Turkmenistan and USA, unfortunately. So really, the country was a mess. San Salvador was doing good, but too many people were dying and too many people were being wrongfully incarcerated. El Salvador has a two major political party systems similar to the United States. They were the FMLN, which Bukele was a part of prior, and then the Arena Party. So while he was campaigning, though, he strayed away from the, the FMLN due to different political ideologies, whatever. He, he strayed away from the FMLN uh, in 2017, and then it was kind of going to be because he didn't want to make a presidential run in 2019 after his mayor candidate. So he was kind of screwing himself because it wasn't aligned with the political party anymore. He did join up with a third political party called the Ghana or just Ghana, G-N-A, G-A-N-A. And they were able to successfully make a presidential candidate. So he beat out the FMLN and the arena parties as well. I found some interesting similarities with his presidential candidacy because one of his biggest things was the way he wanted to, quote unquote, gut the current political system. And this just kind of reminded me of what Trump's like main idea was to like drain, drain the, swamp. the swamp. Yeah, exactly. That was like and I, I don't know with that. When was Trump running? That was 20... 2015 for the 2016 election. Oh, OK, so I wonder if Bukele kind of got some ideas from him. 
regardless, we can discuss the similarities at the end. But, you know, so he promises to gut the current political system. Uh, he wins the presidential election of 2019 with 53% of the popular vote, beating out the uh, arena one, which had only like 31%. So he won pretty handedly. So now he is like this young hotshot. I think he's like 34 at this time. He's the president now of El Salvador. And he wanted to get things going real quick. So he had a six-phase uh, plan called the Territorial Control Plan, which his main goal was to clean up violence. As you could, you know, as we previously went over, El Salvador was ravaged with homicide at this time. So that was his main goal. So the first phase was called preparation, which really just comprised of police intervention into 12 of the most dangerous communities. Uh, along this, he also forbade visitations to prisoners with the intention of cutting off communications between imprisoned gang leaders and the gang members on the street. Really, the intent was to fracture gang structure. Second phase was called Opportunity, which included a $91 million loan from the Central American Bank for economic integration to invest in the community. So at this time, he built skate parks, community centers, schools. Really, he was just trying to give young kids an outlet to do other than joining gangs. Third phase caught a little bit of a roadblock. So this one was called modernization. So again, he wanted to take out this large loan from that same Central American bank. This time he wanted $109 million worth of equipment to give to his national security. Basically, he wanted to fight an all-out war against these gangs. The roadblock was that the country's legislation didn't have any representatives from his party. So the legislation... That election took place one year prior to Bukele coming into office, so he didn't really have a chance to influence any of those members. There was like this huge, you know, basically standstill of like, he wanted to do this shit. The legislation was like, no, nah, we don't want you to do it. Yada, 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 going back and forth. He then called this emergency legislative session, uh, which was this huge thing because like no one's really ever done it before. So he used his social media to promote this thing where he had like this huge, you know, like swarth of people come and basically threatened to overthrow the government if the legislation did not attend, which there was talks that they weren't going to attend. Only 20 out of the 84 party members showed up and Bukele was pissed. So there was like a whole bunch of thing about like his lockdown policy and the judiciary stuff. I'm not really going to cover that with COVID, but it doesn't really uh, aid into what we're going to be talking about today. So Fast forward now to 2021. So he has the executive branch and they have a, a similar system where there's the executive, the legislative and the judicial. So he is the executive branch. And now the legislative elections coming up in 2021. At this time, he's formed his new party look called the Nuevas Ideas. Great name. Um, and they won this legislative seat mar uh, majority by landslide. So now they control 56 out of the 84 seats. So now Bukele has the executive branch and the legislative branch, which makes enacting policies a lot easier. Um, at this point, I do want to mention that although he's, you know, seemingly just taking control over everything uh, really easily, his nationwide popularity was about 90% at this time, which ranked him among the highest in the world. So all of the El Salvador people really loved what he was doing, just because he was like making it much cleaner and much safer for people. So now that he had those two branches, his next site was the judiciary branch, which actually was really easy since he had the legislative branch. He just basically dismissed the five previous judges and then enacted five of his own judges. Um, let's go back real quick to those uh, other three phases of his plan. These kind of get like glossed over because they kind of blend into the other ones. So the fourth phase is called incursion. 
which consisted of the country's security forces directly entering territories with heavy gang influence when security forces previously found difficult to enter patrol. So it seems like it's like a, uh, an extension of that first policy. The fifth policy also uh, is an extension. It's called extraction. So it's just surrounding large cities and extracting the terrorists who were hiding in the communities. And then the sixth phase, which is kind of like this ongoing phase, is called integration, which includes a $30 million budget. And would, for my research, it's saying that it was focused on short and long-term needs of the country. So it was kind of vague, but they did include like employment focus, improving training programs, generating programs to reduce poverty. So just kind of bringing everybody up. Why Bukele is so popular right now is his stance on crime. So again, when he was coming up in the ranks, one of his main things was to make El Salvador safe. So there was this time, uh, the weekend of March 25th of 2023, where El Salvador saw uh, 87 random murders just occur. So they don't know why this occurred. They think it was maybe due to a breakdown of truce between gangs and the government. But basically, people were just getting shot left and right. Again, Bukele was pissed. And then he started this 30-day of this 30-day state of exemption disposing constitutional rights. So police could do whatever they want. You know, it was search and seize. They didn't really have any constitutional rights, these people. This led to mass arbitrary detention center or detention. And we'll get into that detention center in one moment. Um, I found it interesting, though, that this state of exception kept getting renewed and it's been renewed now 12 times. And from what I can get, what I can uh, research, it's still going on. So it was originally designed to be 30 days, but it's still going on. But that um, just gives power to the police. Yeah, it, ba- okay. yeah, exactly. Like they don't need to read you any rights. Like they can just do whatever they want, the police and Bukele. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Bukele. Yeah, so Bukele is enacting these policies, and basically they were just arresting anybody who they thought might have ties to gangs. And, you know, this brings in a lot of, like, controversy because there's, like, a lot of racism, right? And then people just getting targeted because, like, they have tattoos or, like, they hang Mm -hmm. out in, like, a certain area. Um, This plays into this new detention center that opened for business in 2023 called CCOT, which uh, is defined as this new terrorism confinement center. So it could hold up to 40,000 inmates, which makes it the largest prison in the world. Um, He also went to YouTube and did a lot of promotion for this, you know, of like how the military is using these facilities and yada, 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 things like that. What's interesting, though, is that all of these like really harsh policies and him like coming to power and like taking over the executive, the legislative and judicial branch uh, really work to decrease homicides. Like they have plenty of graphs documenting how, how safe El Salvador is compared to what it was 10 years ago. So, again, the people love him. Fast forward now to 2024. So what you got pulled up here real quick? Well, this is just, it's him himself tweeting what you just oh. said. So I just want to pull it up. Yeah. Yeah. So again, he's big in social media, big into that. Um, but, you know, we fast forward to now to this reelection of February 2024. And how I was saying previously is that the, you know, mayor candidates and the president and the legislative, it was running in three year terms. Now, El Salvador also had this clause where a president could not run for two consecutive terms. So they had to take a gap gap term, basically. Uh, once he got control of all three branches, he did away with that. So he, he ran again. Um, 
He won in a landslide. This is now, I think, February. Yeah, right at the beginning of February 2024. Um, he I think he won like 85% of the popular vote or like something like that. 90%. What was that? 90%. Yeah. So he's freshly in power. I was trying to look to see like what his plans are for the immediate future. And I wasn't really getting, you know, uh, some of that. I mean, I'm not a journalist, so it's hard for me to get insider access to this. But he did recently speak at this uh, CPAC, which is a conservative political action conference. So this took place in Washington. I think it happened like yesterday or like a couple days ago or. Uh, Yeah, it's all over his Twitter. He's just retweeting everything. It's, so it's pretty it was, pretty quick. I think it yeah. was um it ended yesterday, but I think it went from like Thursday to today. We're at okay. Thursday to yesterday. He he speaks English very well. Um but during this talk, you know, he was talking about how the United States is too weak on crime and drugs and he was bringing all these examples and you know, this is one of the topics that I want to discuss with you Justin about his influence and how other leaders might follow suit. Um, you know, El Salvador is a much smaller country compared to the United States and other nations like that. So I wonder, magnifying it, how that would work. Um, I also found it interesting that he was just like clowning on the mismanagement of government funds. He brought up all this stuff about like how and I don't I don't know the validity of this, how the government is not funded by taxes, but it is instead funded by Treasury bonds that are pr- uh, printed by the Fed. And he was like, the only reason that the United States has taxes is so people feel like they're actually contributing to their government. Meanwhile, they're not. Then there's this whole talk about George Soros. He really hates George Soros. And uh, the audience was screaming out Nancy Pelosi's bitch. Uh, so not sure how that was going to roll over, but you know, he's gaining a lot of popularity in the United States. I think because he's like this young hotshot who speaks English well and is appealing to the masses um but yeah that's kind of how the rise of bukele a very summarized version of it but you know from 2020 from 2012 to now um and i'm curious you know what it's going to be looking like in the future you know justin before we get into some of these discussion points now that you have heard this info and i know you've done your own research before what kind of sticks out to you about bukele and and anything about his rise to power yeah, that's a good summary, Dom. Thanks. I, yeah, I in researching and kind of just learning about this, I mean, you, you're the one who brought up the topic, and then I went on super deep dives over the last few days of just like, I, I learned a lot about, I think, the country and the civil war that happened. And I think that was an interesting piece where um, what helped his rise to power on the presidency was his opponents were like, old dudes from the civil war from both sides, which was very interesting to me because we have a presidential election this year with two super old dudes as well. And, you know, it's like, I just think about the, the older you are, maybe the more detached you are from the population of the country, right. That you're looking to run. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially with just, uh, where the ages are and, you know, just from a U.S. perspective. But that was an interesting piece, just like he was 30, what, seven when he was first elected, I think, or 30. So he was 30 in 2012. So yeah. he came to president power in 2019. So, yeah, 37. Yeah. Yes, 37. 
we you can't even run for presidency at 37 in the u.s right. I uh, yes you can yeah yes yes you I can it was I think 45 35 no it's it has to be 40 that's it let's get a fact check yeah we're gonna fact check the history teacher yeah <laughs> are we uh i'm gonna fact check no, i'm pulling it up, pulling it, up. it is 35 years old that's the whole argument right now. There's a lot of arguing over um, how they're not putting a limit on like how old the you can be, age. but there's a yeah. limit how how young you can be. Which I think 35 is a fair is, is a fair age. That's pretty young. That's younger than I thought, to be honest. Yeah, I think at 35 though, you're you're like biologically fully matured for the most part. I mean, I feel like it would be it would be matured. hard for a 35 year old just to even have that name, you know, yeah, to even ascend to the you know, primaries. You'd have unless... to do so much early in your political career to, yeah, to yeah. get the name. Uh, or like maybe they were like a, I don't know, CEO at like 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, the the only young presidents outside of Obama, who was very young, have come from like the two biggest political families in American history. Yeah. Do you know Andrew who yeah, Roosevelt and Kennedy. Oh. Yeah, because RFK Jr. is on the ballot. Independent. He's always he's, form, he's forming his own party. Yeah. What's hey, it called? It worked for this guy. What's his party called? I forgot. I don't know if he. I can't old remember if he old ideas. <laughs> he's a funny dude. I like listening to him. Um, Bobby Kennedy. No, no, no. Not Bobby Kennedy. Um, Joe Kennedy was. He was a major guy. He's uh You're talking about the dad, uh, right? No, he's he's young. I think he's RFK's grandson. Well RFK Jr. is the one running right now. He's a ginger. Ooh. All right. Joe Kennedy the third. He is Oh yeah, he, he looks like he needs like lip um chapstick all the time. <laughs> it looks like he went to Chaminade. <laughs> <laughs> Who, uh, he's the son, he's the grandson of U.S. Attorney RFK and the grandnephew of U.S. President John F. Kennedy. So there you go, yeah. How's he related to the other RFK? Well, the original RFK? Like RFK? Yeah. Or the RFK Jr. now? Oh, yeah, which which RFK are they talking it's R- about? It's RFK Jr. They're talking about Robert F. Kennedy, who's JFK's brother, who was the attorney general who got assassinated when he was running for president. I know, but how, like, when they're talking about Joe Kennedy, redhead, I think yeah. he's the third, that's why. The third. There we go. He's the special envoy to Northern Ireland. <laughs> it seems like the most redundant position. Dude, w- Wikipedia's of RFK Jr., Environmental lawyer, activist who promotes anti-vaccine misinformation and public health conspiracy theories. <laughs> Oof, tough. Uh, nah. He, uh, yeah, he's the. So, how is Joe Kennedy III related to this current RFK? It'd be his great uncle, I think, or his uncle. Oh yeah, just like his uncle. Okay. Oh, well, R- regardless. Yeah, I think Dom. One of my biggest takeaways was. A guy. RFK, sorry, RFK Jr. is not young. He's seventy. He's seventy. Yeah. Yeah. And he saves young. Everyone's no, I know. Old. I'm just like it's like I. He's he's jacked. We so. need fucking Yang Gang back. <laughs> Andrew <laughs> maybe, Yang. Maybe he's coming. What were you saying, um, Justin? 
No, just something, a takeaway I had was, you know, they're a two-party system, like much of my awareness to politics. And he basically didn't agree with, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know what went on behind closed doors, obviously, but like he just created his own party and it worked really, really well. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's super interesting how it, you know, a traditional two-party system, you go basically independent because you disagree with your party. And then this just meteoric rise to power happened, which is so cool. So um, I, uh, in, in a couple of the videos I watched, I found myself rooting from him early. And then as he got more and more power, I'm like, ooh, is mm-hmm. this good or not? Like I, then questioning all the power consolidation. Yeah. And, you know, we briefly chatted about that today, how, you know, the idea of, one party controlling the executive branch and then seemingly the other party controlling the house, how it feels like nothing ever gets done. Right. And I, it was supposed to be for this system of checks and balances. So no party could get too powerful. But again, as a result, just time fucking goes by and nothing gets done. So we were throwing out ideas for potential solutions. Dean, what do you think about these? You ready? So the first first idea is a six year presidential term. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. Um, We also thought about having that you could run for a third presidential term, or if there was six years that you could do two. So basically, twelve years. Um, So that's on the docket. I also thought about the idea of if one party wins the the presidential race that they would have total control over all branches to eliminate that kind of uh standstill that seems to happen a lot um now if that was the case it would need to be definitely more than four years just because i feel like one to two years is either getting rid of old policies or you know fixing up what you think needs to be fixed up from the last presidential election um, so it'd be interesting to give like a, a party six years to do whatever they want. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. It'd be fun if you could like do these in like a simulation. I think that the six-year term has been brought up a lot. Did you what's research the, the other one? What's the benefit of it? Well, no, no, no. What's like the uh, traction behind it? Like, is it is it being talked about seriously or? It's been talked about seriously. I don't think I. I mean, it's definitely possible to change it. They had the amendment come put in place after FDR to limit it to two terms in the first place. But again, the argument for it is like right now, Biden's at the end of his first term, right? Mm-hmm. He's essentially going to spend his entire fourth year worrying about a reelection. Right. Really more than really more than a year. Like the the this election has been kind of like brewing for the past seven months now. So really, like the last year and a half of his term is going to be focusing and answering questions about the election. So if you eliminate that, you're taking away um, that year and a half. Plus, Mm -hmm. the back end of the second term is typically like they're just a a lame duck. Mm -hmm. So that year and a half is usually figuring out a successor in the party. Yeah, so it really doesn't give you much room to operate. Hmm. I'd be more more for a six-year term than a uh, 12-year term. I think 12 years is too long. 
Well, yeah, I'm, I think a 12-year term would be too no, long as be, well. Sorry, not 12-year term. Uh, being able to run for a third term, like you said. Oh, oh, oh. I think 12 years of one president's a lot. I mean, if the people I, want him, though. That's my point. Like, with with this side, his approval rating is so high. Yeah, and, yeah but, the get, country, like, but the country was so bad. Like, it was in such a bad shape. So, like... If like, he's done uh, such a good job over five I'll look years. It up. I'm, I'm going to look up FDR's approval rating during the Great Depression real quick. So I think that's a good comparison. Tough time to be a president. Um, yeah. But, you know, like if some savior like Marcus Aurelius, the 2024 <laughs> version of him, comes along, you know, he's like in his 40s. Like, fuck yeah, I want that dude president for 30 years. He's getting an yeah. empire going. So at, at Roosevelt's peak... He was at um, sorry. This is during the war, so take it how you will. But I think it's it's a good comparison because El Salvador was practically in a war. He was at like <clears throat> high seventies, eighties, um, and he touched like ninety in a couple polls. It's pretty. Good. Where do you even where do you even vote for these presidential it's, approval ratings? It's like Gallup and different things. Like yeah, you, there's, like they, there's surveys, they, but it's not like when you actually go look to see how many. People took people the survey. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not a many. lot. Yeah. So if you, if you pay attention, <clears throat> if you pay attention during the news, and every time they put up a survey, they have to put, um, like if you watch the news or on a website, they have to put the amount of people who voted. So it'd be like seventy-five percent of people think Biden is senile, and then below it says compiled by ten voters. Right. That's obviously an exaggeration, but sometimes it'll be crazy. Sometimes they'll take polls from six years ago and plug it into things that are relevant today. So you always, you always have to be, be careful of that. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky, you know, um, let's go back to the idea of youth in power. Um, <laughs> just because I feel, you know, we're all big sports guys over here and this is kind of a trend that I've seen with the NFL coaches as well, you know, where they're electing to go for younger I, coordinators really i think instead GMs of like even old, too dom yeah like, gms as well management yeah yeah i feel like every year it's like oh like the youngest like coach ever well, i think sean McVay though was like 30 I, when he like started so i think that's who started that. like to me at least in recent memory that's who started kind of that trend he comes in he wins early on and then obviously like his coaching tree has been awesome but it, again it's just like I think that's where I build Belichick wasn't hired. He's a 70 year old guy. How do you connect with 21 year olds? I think he like, turned down jobs though. Did he? And I know he was turned down from a couple jobs. I think it was with the Atlanta job. So yeah, then I, I found out that he turned that down. Cause there's, there's like <laughs> conflicting reports. I'll never know. Right. We'll never know. You know, Pete Carroll like went into like front office in Seattle. I, I didn't realize that. But, um, you know, I think, Justin, you brought up a good point previously with the older generation and, you know, with the younger generation, it's like, I'm trying to make this country better for my grandkids, right? You know, who are obviously not born yet, but like, if you're like not going to be alive in 20 years, like, do you really care what the country looks like in like 30 <laughs> years? Unless it's for like your legacy, but I feel like we're often so negative in our mindsets when we recap on political leaders that we really just think about like the bad things that happened during their term and we think about all the ways that it could have been improved yeah 
Yeah, I mean, uh, so he's so just be clear, Dom. He uh, is going. Well, he just got elected for his second, fifth year term, right? Or five? No, year three, terms, three year terms. I thought it was five. Dom, as a doctor, so we're talking about the age thing. As a doctor, when typically do people begin to like lose cognitive decline and motor skills? I would say it varies, you know, person to person, obviously, and um, you know, it really depends. But definitely, like, you know, by fifty, you start to see a decrease in it. Um, and I mean, they, you know, late onset Alzheimer's, right? When you think of that term. That term is referring to Alzheimer that sets in after 65 years old, right? Mm. So that's late onset. So then you have like <laughs> early onset, which is, I guess, before 65. So, you know, but then you look at my dad's hospital where they have multiple 80-year-old doctors there who are still very sharp. So, Oh, yeah. No, know, it's, it's – I think it's a case-by-case basis, but you have to like evaluate it actually, you know? Okay. It's a five-year uh, term. Five-year terms, yeah. I think I was just leading into the discussion, which I think you kind of have here in the notes, is should there be a um, should there be some sort of amendment for past for age limits for politicians? Yeah, I mean, you know that that uh, amendment thing came from Justin and I just having a conversation earlier today about how, and I don't know how often things do get amended. Are, yeah, yeah, but. Tyler, we were just talking about, like, uh, the there's a point in the El Salvadoran Constitution that basically says he shouldn't be running again, right? And he's the one who disagrees with it. It's kind of a vague piece of their Constitution. I don't know when it was written, but um, we were just talking about, like, just constitutions in general. They're written so long ago, and we just compared ours, right? You know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And yet people are so hesitant sometimes to revisit it and question it and update it um so that's that's kind of where the con- the conversation was going like i brought up the whole you know the right to bear arms thing and um you know i mean it's just there's so much that's in there that just doesn't make sense anymore i think dom you said there's like something about slavery in there as well and well i think uh, too where it's like well, no, no, I wasn't saying anything about that. It was more of just like, you know, that was like appropriate when the Constitution mm, for the was time. formed. Yeah. And but like which, how often are these things like getting read through again? What Are you talking about for El Salvador or America? No, no, for America. What amendment? The 13th? I don't know exactly, but I'm just saying in the year oh. 1776, slavery yeah. was legal. Or wasn't there like the three-fifths policy? Well, yeah, that? but that's but that's but the amendments are the changes. Like, there's the Bill of Rights, which are the first ten, but then everything after that are the changes to the to the Constitution. So, like, the Thirteenth right. Amendment got rid of slavery, so that should be in there. No, right. Yeah, so, how 100%. how often are amendments happening? Right. No, no, I don't. I, I think something happened in like the early '90s, and prior to that, it was like '70, and then prior to that, it was. I think when they right. changed so, it, yeah, they like, changed like it to a couple, two terms. A couple times a century. It's the twenty seventh. Um, when was that done? So, the the la- the most recent one had something to do with senators and whatnot. The one prior, to, I forget the numbers, but the one prior to that has like age, like the age of voting being eighteen, and I think the twenty fifth is 
No, 25th might be... Okay, I'm getting them mixed up, but either 24th or 25th is restricting the term limits. It's like 23, 24, 25. That was after FDR ran for four terms. And the 25th Amendment is brought up a lot now because of Biden, and I'm brain farting on what it is. So the 27th, which is the last, 1992, we're talking 30 years ago, and it was all about that Congress can't increase or decrease their salary until after the election of the House. Like something that I don't want to say has no relevant, like minimal relevance, but it's not, doesn't feel like a game changer. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know. I even, not to go back to the age piece, I've talked about this a lot, like about how, what, should there be driving tests like every 10 years to make sure you're still able to drive? And as you get yeah. older, um, it's the same like concept, right? Just should we, how often should we be revisiting things? I think that's a great question. Um, you know, from doing this research too about Bukele, I've realized that a lot of the constitution for, you know, El Salvador and probably for the United States as well and probably for other countries is kind of written in an ambiguous tone where it's up for interpretation, you know, of like what you deem is like necessary, like for a certain, a certain situation. Um, you know, we could pull some, some actual evidence about that up, but that was like how he was able to get these people to essentially, in, you know, start up a riot when the legislation did not show up for that meeting. And it was because like, if the people feel like the legislation is not doing things in like the interest of the people, they're allowed to do this. Um, yeah, just, uh, just another eye opener there. Justin and Dean, do you guys think that the United States could implement similar policies when it comes to Oof. the crime the, and let's say the war on drugs? The fact well, that I, go ahead, you go. No, I, well, I was going to say, are you talking about in terms of like the power given to the police and the president? <clears throat> no, more of in terms of decreasing overall crime and violence. Mm-hmm. through so, whatever intervention means. is necessary. Yeah. It was interesting when I was watching that video, Dom, to see like El Salvador was number three on uh, most people incarcerated in, in U.S. was number one. Yeah. And, but I, I don't think that was in per per person or per it's capita. Per right? 100,000 100, oh. citizens. Yeah, so... Like we're already so high. I thought one of the most interesting means of cutting off crime was the no communication to the people on the inside. I was like, yeah. wow, that's a, it's like an easy win right there. Just, you can't talk to anyone on the outside. And you know, then it kind of limits any of those people who are in controls. It reminds me down of shot caller, <laughs> you know, you have a mm-hmm. person inside just calling everything on the outside. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, such a I good movie. Great movie. Did you see that movie, Tyler? No, Nicholas no. Costo Woodrow, <laughs> Jamie, no. Jamie Lannister. Do you know the yeah. movie that we're talking about? No, oh, <sighs> dude, fire. What's it, called? What's it called? It's called Shot Caller. It's a crazy, you know, just idea behind a movie just because it's it's pretty relatable, we'll say. Um, but to answer your, your question, oh, wow, he looks jacked. <laughs> oh, he gets jacked. He got John, uh, John Bernthal in it, too. To answer your question, Tom, I don't think the country is, div- I mean, the country, sorry, the country is too divided for like major change like that to happen. So you're yeah, saying I think there's too many people. <laughs> you're saying 
uh, his his approval rate was like ninety. Do you guys know the highest approval rating in American history for a president? Was it FDR at eighty? Seventy. No. And keep in mind, keep in mind, I think this has only been tracked for like since like nineteen thirty something. So I think from FDR till now, who has had the highest approval rating? Oh, actually, I uh, oh, oh, I don't know. Is it uh, Jimmy I, Carter? No. When I say it, you're gonna know, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that was obvious. Maybe Obama? Reagan. No, no. Not overall approval rating, but the highest, like the at, oh, one, at Bill, one time, like, the highest Bill, approval Bill rating. Trump? <laughs> no, no. Oh. Damn, we're kind of running out of guesses. <laughs> One of the Bushes? Eisenhower? Wow. Yeah, oh. No, it was Bush after 9 11. Oh, oh, wow. Because of the swift it? action he took? Nine, 90%. So they pulled eight people. My point being, my point being it, was, it was 10 days after 9 11. So yeah. everyone was like, rah, rah. Like that El Salvador you're saying is 90%. They're rah, rah about getting rid of crime. I don't think the United States is at that point right now where people are that quick, united on something. Quick quick segue with 9-11. I met someone in the DR uh, from Kansas City. He joined the military, uh, and a month later, 9-11 happened. He's been deployed three times. He served like 15 years. Uh, and he's like, I never in a million years like thought I'd be like you know that much time over there. And uh, so he was telling me that the – air force they call them the air chairs because they never see combat they never they have like limited hours in flight time so he suggests anyone who goes into the military the best is the air force because they don't see any combat he was like giving it to me straight he's like the marines are the grunts you're just telling me like line by line sounds like a guy you should get the podcast yeah we, we support our troops on this this podcast um no pot <laughs> yeah, no pot. <laughs> but uh, you guys know the show The Wire. Have you guys watched it? Oh, well, I, well, I watched it with you when we were younger. So yeah. it's about, you know, drugs in Baltimore. Um, and it takes it from different perspectives where, you know, you're seeing it from the gang perspective. You're seeing it from police. You're seeing it from street cops, detectives, whatever. Um one of the police chiefs decides to decides that he wants to cut down on crime in Baltimore. So what he does is he sections off places that have the highest amounts of crime and drug use. And he creates uh, like a zone that's free drug use. So like you can openly shoot up there, heroin, not guns. Uh, and cops are there to patrol it. Just the only rule is that there's no violence, which when I was like reading about this, like I thought about that, you know, they called it Hamsterdam, you know, it was didn't like, they this try, huge... didn't they try that in Oregon? Uh, were they, were they legalized no. the drugs? Yeah, but they don't have like specific areas where people can do drugs in Oregon. Oh, okay. They just legalized so, it. Yeah. Yeah. They just, well, they, they decriminalized it. Hmm. And, you know, that'd be an interesting solution. You know, and we see that in Vermont, too. There's a pretty big drug population. Um, well, but, Dom, is drug a correlation, a direct correlation with crime? I guess, like, there in El Salvador, it was homicides was the big, right? It was, like, 15 a day. It was something absurd. Right, but, but those are correlated with gangs. Right, which you're saying have... Which, it, money yeah, from probably drugs. have yeah some type of involvement in the drug trade and i mean i don't have stats for vermont but 
I feel like every shooting that I hear about is drug related. Hmm. You know, like like normal civilians aren't catching strays. It's really just drug related. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's like Patrick Starr said, like, we should move Bikini Bottom and, and put, put it, it somewhere else. <laughs> oh, Burlington is the most dangerous place in uh, Vermont, Tom. Damn straight. Oh, it's the most people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some counties that are just zero crime. Like what? Addison? Uh... Ward Sporos, uh, all the boroughs, yeah, Eden, Randolph, Braintree, Chelsea, Braintree, Orange. Fuck are these? Williamstown. Yeah, it's because nobody lives there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You said Madison. Uh, Addison is pretty low. Yeah, pretty close to me. That's like the county right below Chittenden, I think. I'll give you. I'll give you the numbers, Dom. Dom, just going back to Bukele. Um. Bukaki. I thought it was interesting. Hey, <laughs> I thought it was interesting how he funded his local military. Like I saw some of those videos. So those weapons were no joke. Yeah. And here in recent years, there's been a push to defund the police. Right. And it was just a, you know, it's an interesting dichotomy, like where a country like that is putting so much into their um, domestic military and focusing on cleaning up right within and, and that was a way to do it was arming these people to be able to fight against gangs so i can understand that but um what was it 109 mil- million the, hom- the homicide rate no no how much did he um oh, invest yeah, 109 million. million yeah yeah which is just basically military spending which i'm sure is a lot for them you know isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things like largely but 100 million into military that i'm sure was defunded before wow yeah it so was I thought like this, 16 a day i thought this chart was funny because this is um 2010 to 2018 and it completely just like drops off this is like by month or whatever but so from 2010 to 2018 there's a huge drop off and then if you go this is another chart which is even more now this is 2018 to now yeah jeez damn so it drops it drops even more to I don't even know like one or two. Yeah, and it seems like he uh is trying to get, you know, some and I mean the the entire world is catching on, right? Like he's a major political figure now where he's in every news article, on every news site, you know, he's speaking in the United States and yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what that what those relationships are going to look like in the next couple of years. It's kind of a big deal. It's interesting how the US is like somewhat against it. Um I guess just I mean, the dictatorship I, of a, as a whole, but Well, I think it depends what party of the US. Well, it well, yeah, I mean he was speaking at right a Republican recently. A conservative, yeah. Yeah. So Makes sense. I mean, that's the two is a little bit more aligned with some of his actions. Well, yeah. I mean, I think his main one is, you know, like being tougher on crime, right? That seems to be the driving point. And, you know, Justin and I, we talked about this, how when the election comes up, you know, most candidates have like one primary platform that they're running off of. And 
whatever is important in the United States at that time, that candidate typically wins, whether it's climate change or military budget or school shootings or like whatever it may be. Yeah. I I used uh, I was talking to someone recently about this, about like local politics. Like if you can fix my pothole outside, I'm going to vote for you. Right. Like it's these, if you could just solve one thing for me as the voter, um, usually like that's all it takes, which is crazy. Right. But to your point, if you find the big fish, right, that affects everyone, um, that's when you can really start to, uh, you know, get people behind you. Get traction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, there's a couple other things that we could bring up, but, you know, does anybody have any. Any other things they want to talk about Bukele or anything that's on their mind? No, we should add some, like, in the notes, we should add just, like, a thought corner at the end. Anything we thought about this week? I didn't think much this week because I was off. Mm-hmm. I thought about how J- Justin's quote-unquote work trip was a complete farce, and he was at the beach and <laughs> bars farce. the entire time. I was, on, that like, was for boat. six hours. That's it. Okay. What about see... a little... Shout out to Dr. Dom Wellness LLC, getting up and running. Can that be you're a small? You're a small business owner. I'm an SBO, dude. There's a lot that goes into that that I have no idea if I'm doing it right. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, I'm pretty sure I did most of it wrong. I would never tell Brad dude, that. This paperwork. I just was like, like take uh... my, take my signature. Yeah, I, dude, I had to get notarized on Friday, and he's like, "Are you aware of the documents that you're signing?" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I think. I think. I don't know, <laughs> dude. I fucked up one thing. Where yours like, is very, yours is very different though. Where like, than mine. Where like, I was more trying to like protect our name more than mm-hmm. anything. You were like actually doing it as like a, like a funneling of business. Yeah, yeah. But you know when uh when I was filing for it, and Tyler, what address do you have on file for your LLC? It's this house. You know that's like public <laughs> record, though. I, dude, you type type in your dad's name ninety. Like I'm not gonna say the the address, but you type in your dad's name, the address comes up. It's all public record. It's fucked. But no, it's, uh, dude, you can find. I can find out your what what uh what party your dad is. Uh, remember when I did that to all of our friends? I no. found like what party all all of our friends were registered to. <laughs> oh yeah, that's screenshot it and send it. Yeah, and it has their address on it too. You just need to know. Well, didn't know Pat's dad was gay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I didn't want to put my apartment as my address, so I and I can't use a PO box for an address in Vermont. So yeah. I needed I needed to get what's called a virtual address. Yeah. Um. So I did that, but I wasn't like. It wasn't clear of like what the address actually was, so I kind of fucked up the address when filing for the LLC. Mm-hmm. And it's a pain in the ass to change a business Anything. address or mailing address yeah. on the LLC. So I don't think it's so what I did was I put the address of where this virtual address is that's in a staples, but I didn't give the mailbox number for it. So I'm like, fuck. But now when I apply for my EIN number, I get to kind of do it over. And you can put like a mailing address on there. And I think mm-hmm. I'm going to put my apartment mailing address on the EIN file. Yeah, so you think should do all that. The, all the mail is going to get funneled to here. 
Yeah, and then you're gonna open up a bank account probably after you get the EIN, right? Yeah, so that's been challenging too because some banks don't accept virtual addresses, so pain in the ass. What but, bank do you, you have know, right now? Uh, for like a regular bank. Yeah, for like your checking account. I have Bank of America, but they require a five thousand dollar minimum to get the fee waived. And there's a bank that uh, my friend Alyssa uses called Bluevine, which you can get like 4% interest rate, which I was trying to do, but they said that they don't do virtual accounts. Mm. <laughs> mm. Could could just lie, though. <laughs> <laughs> could just lie. Bob is not going to be happy with me. <laughs> I've been making his life very confusing these past few weeks. Who's this, your accountant? Yeah. yeah. Go to a new one, Dom. He doesn't know shit, though. And that's I'm going to a new one. <laughs> he's he always like makes me feel like a dumbass. And why don't you like, send me this? It's like how much yeah, is this? Yeah, or he's just like you know you're not going to get any tax benefits from this. I was like that's not the point, Bob. Just fucking do <laughs> it. To cover my asses. <laughs> oh, Bob. Yeah, me and Dad talk about how just Bob makes you feel like a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, I got a new accountant. We're meeting them on Tuesday. That's good. I yeah, wish yeah. one of our friends was an accountant. That'd be nice. Friend that's an accountant. That's all right. I'll let you guys know how how it goes with this EIN number. All right. Well, wait, that wait, was. Would you wait? Did you put yourself a CEO? Owner. CEO. Don't you forget, <laughs> dude. They're asking me all these questions, and they're just like, "Uh, yes. Uh, no. <laughs> yes." It's really just like a fumble through. Luckily, I had like Alyssa and then my friend Rachel, who was on a couple weeks ago. She has her LLC and she told me about this virtual address. So thankfully, I have them to rely on. Chris is kind of useless in this sense. He's just yeah, like, I, I just did it. I just did it also. Like, I just, I, I will eventually, if this thing grow, if our thing grows, I'd have to like revamp it a little out. bit. Yeah, I would have to, yeah, I'd have to like actually like do it. Like, you're I supposed know. to like, you're supposed to put yourself in the newspaper for X amount of days to like announce that you've been created. What? Um, yeah, stupid. I didn't also do that. like. Did you you know like the registered agent portion? Uh, I got, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, nope. Did you file the LLC yourself? Yeah. Okay, like through the Secretary of State website. Yep. Yeah. So you have to get a, what's called a registered agent, which is basically someone who's in charge of like your mail and like taxes and stuff like that. And if somebody were to sue you, you know, you're kind of doing that stuff. There are companies that you can pay to be a registered agent, mm. but I'm my own registered agent. And I'm yeah, assuming you're, I just, you're I your own just registered agent. Yeah, I just definitely so. did my own because I'm not like no one's going to sue me. I, I'm, there's nothing that I'm doing. We're all just that. the blind leading the blind. Yeah. <laughs> If we were doing an actual business, then yeah, we would have had to set it up. But again, my, I have like trademarking stuff is even more difficult. Like, so I just did this as like a, like a test run, a way of trade, like a way of in, in some sense trademarking it. Yeah. Like now, now there's a date to the name and everything like that. So God forbid right. someone tra like tried to like go and trademark my name or image, like, which no one will. People have impersonated us on Twitter, but that's about it. I could be like, here's the filing of me like actually forming this. Mm -hmm. Pretty so, soon, I'm gonna have you help me create a website, Tyler. Doctor Don Wellness. This thing is yeah. growing. I mean, you, you, you're not your yours is not just writing a blog though. Yeah. Does Chris have I, a website? 
Uh, yeah, it's not very well done, in my opinion. But, I mean, it obviously gets the job done. It's more of just like a funnel to, like, his other stuff. Is it cookingwithchris.com? I would imagine. It's a good Let's find out. If he doesn't have that, that would suck. <laughs> we should just take it. <laughs> Sell Ooh, it I don't him. think he, I don't know if he does. Well, he kind of got fucked because, like, he has, like, multiple O's in cooking. Because, you know, cook with Chris is a pretty common thing. I'm Chris. I cook YouTube and TikTok. This can't be him. Yeah, if you don't have, like, the actual name, that's a pain in the ass. See. I have. My oh, he's got cookingwithchris.cdr.co. Yeah, he's got like a dot co. Oh, is that yeah. company? Um, I don't know actually. Oh, his website's bothering me. Too much scrolling. Way too much scrolling. I know. Too much scrolling. Yeah. You know, I played poker last night and I won because I wasn't there. I tell you, Dom, I turned 100 into 350 at the casino. I well, playing trip. playing roulette. Wait, Dom, when are you up? Up for what? That wedding. Oh. Oh yeah. Uh. It's coming up. The fifteenth, uh, maybe? It's St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yeah. Three sixteen. Oh, it's that I weekend? The new pictures on the suits. Yeah, that weekend. Are you going with that, Justin? No. No. Uh, Dom's gonna try to borrow one of my suits. You fucking cheap bastard. Oh, hopefully it suits me. No, I'd buy my own. There's just nowhere to buy them up here. I don't believe I want that. Dude, like the best is fucking JC Penny and Coles. Yes, that's what I have. <laughs> and it shows. Yeah. Whoa. And it gets the job done. <laughs> I, have, I, I have the same. Whoa. I have a cold suit, but I want like a nicer one. And yeah, I want yeah, to I go to that. Macy's really to to get one. But I went to Macy's. You're downing Macy's? No, no. I, I, Macy's is fine, but there okay. is no Macy's here. Uh, oh, I just put my finger in wax, hot wax. Um, <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> yeah, I was doing a candle. Um, I've had the same suit for Were you seven. Your finger in the candle or something. I no, I just wanted to play with it. I put it on a while ago, <laughs> and I thought it was like hard, but it's still soft. Um, hey, oh, that's what she said. I have to Wait, wait, wait. Some some funny shit happened last night at my poker game. Uh, this lady like just comes and knocks on the door. And we weren't like being that loud. It was also it was like ten thirty. It wasn't like too mm-hmm. crazy. But mm-hmm. she's like very confrontational. She's like, "Who the fuck lives here?" And you know, it was my friend and his girlfriend that lives there. And she was like, "I'm gonna call the fucking cops on you guys because you guys called the cops on me." And apparently, there's like some hostility between them two of them, where they live directly above them and they have two small kids. So the kids are just like constantly like right running around. around. Yeah. And I don't know if there's like accusations of child abuse, but, um, you know, they just hear a lot of screaming going on, we'll say. But my friends were just like, we've never called the cops. They're like, what are we even going to call the cops on? Your kids are just running around. That's so ridiculous. But she was not believing them. So she leaves and she comes back with like her boyfriend or something. But we have like seven like dudes just like all playing poker, so we all just like go out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she didn't come back, but nothing shook like, out. Damn. Yeah, she was like the definition of like Vermont white trash. Karen. No, no, she was like younger, hmm. mid mid thirties. Karen in training. Bye. Bye. Well, we got.